Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Good morning to you all from beautiful Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, or a couple of miles down the road from the centre of town at least. It's IMSA Radio on IMSA TV from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, just over four miles, 14 corners. Slight uphill run to the braking area at turn one, barely a brush of the brakes for the faster cars there. Then charging down towards turn five is a good overtaking possibility when we go racing. Get the entry and exit right from the carousel that goes down through the kink down towards Canada Corner. And from Canada Corner all the way to the start-finish line, it is uphill and if you are short of fuel at the end of the race, that is not going to be your friend. Well, hello, everybody, uh, and welcome along. We're going qualifying in a moment to set the grid for the IMSA Fast Lane Sports Car Weekend at Road America for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in 2022. John Hindhoff and Jeremy Shaw here uh, at the Stripe Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Good morning, Shay. She has some news about the qualifying drivers for the first part of qualifying for GTD and GTD Pro. Hello, world. It is a beautiful but very warm day here in Elkhart Lake with the racetrack that is Road America, and we have a full pit lane as far as the GT cars are concerned. All right, let's start with GTD drivers. We've got Cooper McNeil driving the 79 WeatherTech race Mercedes. This is his hometown race and he's won it twice before, looking to try and get his first ever pole position in the series. Jaden Conright, also looking for his first pole, will be taking out the NTE Lamborghini. That's car number 42. We've got Robbie Foley and Russell Ward qualifying the Turner BMW and the Windward Mercedes, respectively, each for the 10th time this season. It's Aiden Reed who's in charge of qualifying for the Acura in the GT classes. That would be Rick Ware Racing. Rob McGinnis is going to be in the Lamborghini for Carbon, that's number 39. It's been Stephen McAleer qualifying for Team Cawthorpe Racing ever since we raced WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It's going to be Stephen again here today. Roman DeAngelis is in charge of the number 27 heart of racing, Aston Martin. And we've got Ryan Hardwick in the 16 Porsche for Wright Motorsports. They put the car on pole and won the race a few years back and trying to do that again this weekend. Frankie Montecalvo will be a driver to keep your eyes on. He was very quick in yesterday's practice although the conditions now a lot hotter than they were for yesterday's running and it is Madison Snow in the Paul Miller Racing BMW. That takes care of GTD. Now GTD Pro. Let's start with another BMW. We were told yesterday by Connor Felipe that it will be John Edwards' turn in the 25 BMW and indeed each of those drivers has qualified the car three times so far this year. Ross Gunn has had four goes in the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. It is time for Alex Roberis, the 2016 pole sitter, to have a go 
at it. We've got Jack Hawksworth in the number 14 Lexus. I was watching driver practice change yesterday between he and Ben Barnicote, him getting out of the car, Ben getting in. It was very speedy indeed. And for the two cars that are top in the championship, well, the championship leader is the number nine Faf Porsche. It's Matthew Jaminet who's qualified the car five times, but Matt Campbell, who put the car on pole the last time out, he is once again suited, booted, and strapped into that Porsche. And possibly the most interesting changeup of all the qualifying, it's been Jordan Taylor who's qualified five times this year, five times in a row as it happens. It's Antonio Garcia who's behind the wheel of that car now. Now that, that is quite interesting, Shea. Thank you very much indeed. Jeremy? It is interesting also in the fact that uh, currently... Elio Castroneves, Ben Keating with his pole position this year and Antonio Garcia have scored uh, pole positions in four consecutive seasons. This is going back to the start of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in 2014. That's the record for the most in which they've scored a pole in consecutive seasons. This this then will give Antonio Garcia an opportunity to go for five because he and has be not... And be out on his own. Yeah, and be out on his own because wow. he hasn't yet uh, had a pole position this season. So that's kind of cool. Um, good, good uh, I- interesting that they should make that switch because as Shea says, generally it's Jordan who qualifies that car. So 16 cars in this first 15-minute session. Uh, it's not going to be a huge amount of laps. And remember... As of the moment that you roll off the pit lane, the cars cannot then be touched. So what uh, what we have here is what you've got. You can't change the tyre pressures. You can't do anything. Now, if they were all to space themselves out nicely, 16 cars over four miles, even I can work that out, that's a quarter of a mile. That's not going to happen. They're not going to be sitting a quarter of a mile apart from each other uh, as they go out on the track. But, I mean, just there you go. For potential sake, that's, that's what we're talking about. So traffic, in theory, you should be able to find a, a space. But what I, I do think we might see is a couple of teams doing, uh, doing the almost Formula One thing of dragging somebody round. Let, in fact, the, there we are, the... Heart of Racing have gone out together with the two Aston Martins, yeah. the 23 uh, and the 27, in the two different uh, categories. And they have gone out absolutely together for Alex Riberas in the, the pro car and the 27, Roman De Angelis. Interesting. Interesting also that the Lexus haven't done that. They have sent their pro and amp car out separately. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? And uh, looking at the uh, the practice times yesterday uh, the, the two Vassar Sullivan cars were fastest in each of their respective classes GTD and GTD Pro and GTD but they're also first and second uh, they, they were quicker than everybody else uh, collectively so the, the order of practice times after yesterday's second session was 14 12 then the number nine car which is, of course, a GTD Pro entry. That's the FAF Motorsports Porsche. Then Aidan Reed did a fabulous job in the Ritware Racing Acura to be fourth fastest overall, if you like, in GTD uh, and uh, second in, the, in the, the non-pro category. So, yeah, interesting that the Lexus team should elect not to send out their cars together because, you know, the, I think the, you know, the, there would be a little bit of advantage of a draft around here. Um, because these cars do punch a pretty big hole in the air, uh, but uh, Lexus election not to do that. But the Aston Martin, let's see how, 
how close they stay to each other on this lap. Well, sure, Adam, uh, yesterday Alex Ribeiro's talking to you, who's having a bit of joke, actually, uh, about their qualifying and did, in fact, liken it to the Red Bull situation. And he's he was, what was he calling Roman De Angelis? Wasn't calling him. He said, we're going to treat him like Max Verstappen. What were they calling him? They call him the golden boy That's of right. the team, which is really funny when he's, you consider that Roman is very much a, a redhead. Um, but yeah, they said that they were going to be focusing on qualifying to try and get the 27 further up the field because that car still in with a real shot at the overall championship in GTD. Sprint championship would be a bit harder for them to get, but they are focusing on that overall championship with the 32 of Stephen Mackler and the 16 for Ryan Hardwick and Jan Halen. Not far out of reach at all. And remember, points for qualifying, that could be a big swing as well. Uh, that's a good point, Cher Adam, down there in the pit. So early moments then of the first of the qualifying sessions. We have all five categories here uh, this weekend. So the two GTD, the GT3 class cars going out together. The only difference between the cars are the nuts behind the wheel uh, in terms of how they are categorised. The, there's no mechanical or performance differences uh, other than potentially setup, of course, between the cars. So uh, an Aston Martin in Pro is the same specification as an Aston Martin in the substantive GTD category. It is the makeup of the team that decides whether you are on GTD Pro and with the uh, red numbers, end plates, and windscreen uh, edgings, or whether you're with green in GTD. Now, it will take, if you've not seen this before, you haven't been following us on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV, thank you, by the way, for tuning in around the world just after 5 o'clock in the UK at IMSA Radio, by the way, if you want to get in touch with us. Many of you tuned in to the global international feed via imsaradio.com and the live video portion of that front page. All live, all free, no blocks, no breaks, no subscriptions for you for this qualifying session, as always. It will, however, if you've not seen this before, it will not be an outlap and then go wild. It might be as many as two laps, even here, Jeremy, to get the Michelin tyres up the temperature and pressure. It's an abrasive circuit. You do not want to use the kerbs too much, and you do not want to get the car sliding too much early on before you go for your fast lap. Yeah, certainly, you know, tyre wear is definitely going to be a factor in the race. Uh, less, well, uh, uh, and, and in qualifying now, as you say, because the tyres are going to be at their ultimate peak, probably lap uh, you know, two, three, four, uh, I would suggest, uh, in terms of flying laps. They've just completed their first flying laps now. Frankie Montecalvo has set the fastest uh, first lap uh, by, by a chunk, actually, by nearly five seconds over Aiden Reed. So he's on it right away, is Frankie. On a roll here, too, is Montecalvo driving at number 12 car for the Vassar Sullivan team been on the pole for each of the last two races but uh, for various reasons particularly bad luck they haven't <laughs> been able to convert either of those two into into wins so Frankie Montecalvo he's had uh, a couple of podium finishes this season sharing that car with Aaron Tielitz and looks to get his third pole in a row so are we going to see a new qualifying records and if we were to see that what numbers are we looking for well the, the uh, pole qualifying record for GTD is actually Ben Keating way back in 2019 at a 205.2 the cars have been slowed down a bit since then uh, last year's pole was a 207.1 that was for Aaron Tielitz 
in the uh, Vassar Sullivan Lexus. The fastest time we've seen in practice so far was yesterday, uh, which was Jack Hawksworth at a 205.9. Already, Frankie Montecalvo has turned a 206.4 on that first flying lap in the session. So a really stout first lap. He's gone purple in sector one as well. I, I did not expect that that early on. I, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest by that. Nobody else uh, is... Oh, when I say that, you see, Stephen McAuley is putting a quick lap. But it's only those two. Both the front engine cars. There's Monte Calvo going through again. 206.334. So only a tenth quicker on that next lap. Tonio Garcia. Now, this is more representative. A 205.930 for the bright yellow and silver. Or dark grey. Number three. So, Antonio Garcia in a bid to have a pole position in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in five consecutive seasons. Monte Calvo at the head of GTD, 206334, 205930 for Antonio Garcia. So, that is, the far, that is faster than Hawksworth went yesterday. Right. So, the fastest lap of the week so far in GTD for that number three Corvette. We have three GTD Pro cars who have just left the pits. Matt Campbell for Faf Motorsports Porsche. That's the plaid coloured car. The Haggerty driveway entered machine. Jack Hawksworth for the second of the Lexus RCFs, the number 14. That car with a really odd fuel delivery problem at yesterday, which the mechanics worked very hard and we've not seen any further that little gremlin racing its head any further this weekend. And John Edwards is qualifying the number 25 BMW M Team RLL, the M4 GT3. Now, they've all just gone out and are heading round on their warm-up lap to come back to the line. John Edwards has just gone through, actually. He's on his way down to turn five at the moment. Madison Snow with a personal best in the first sector and we are starting to see those two or sixes come in now from most of the fields it was two tens and two twelves early on as the Michelins were being warmed up yeah that's right and uh, Monte Calvo he was really the lone guy amongst that group to really go for it from the start others being a little bit more circumspect on that first lap and he hasn't improved last time around. Frankly, Monte Carlo, he, he does now. <laughs> yeah, 206.2 then. So Stephen McAleer uh, had been fastest in GTD, oh. second fastest overall, 206.275, 206 206.224. There's a massive slide there for the uh, pro, the pro car, Aston yeah. Martin, Alex Rubras, who's fifth quickest in this session. And but he's come straight back into yeah. the pit lane. Second in GTD Pro. Uh, fifth overall, just ahead of his young teammate Roman De Angelis by about a tenth. There was no hint of a lift there from Alex, by the way, when he was all four Michelins on the dirt at the exit of the kink. Quicker again there for Antonio Garcia, 205.829 then oh, hello. for the Spaniard in that car number three. Still waiting for Matt Campbell and Jack Hawksworth and John Edwards to put in representative times and there's still a couple of seconds off in the first sector, well John Edwards now now he speeds up and now he's done a 15 second first sector that's much more like it but he's still a couple of tenths away Stephen McAleer has bailed into the pits early on, not wanting to take too much life yep. 
out of the tyres on that team caught off Motorsport uh, Mercedes AMG GT3. He's in the pit lane and will be no better now than third. I was about to say second, but <laughs> Turner Motorsport have turned up the tachometer. Sorry, tachometer, that should be, uh, in the number 96 car. In joke with the team there, who always celebrate wins with tackles. I can't believe I haven't thought of that one before, actually. That's just come to me. That donut must have done me more uh, more good than I thought. Uh, Robbie Foley, 206-084 for the best of GT, the GTD runners. Great lap there by Robbie Foley. Really impressive lap, 206.0. That's uh, a good bit quicker than that car went yesterday. It's fastest lap yesterday. It was a, a 207 in the second session. In the first session, Robbie turned a 206.9. So significantly faster, almost a full second faster there for Robbie. Great lap for the uh, for the uh, number 96 car, the New Jersey native. Looking, by the way, for his uh, third pole position. It's called two previously. Aidan Reid flirting with the edge of the circuit through Bill Mitchell Bend and up to the final corner. Yeah. No tech car comes across the line. It's the purple, yellow and green NSX, the only accurate in this class. And not able to match his times from, from yesterday, at least not yet. 206. Well, mind you, you haven't said that. He did a 2068 yesterday. It was good good enough for uh, for second in the class. But today, um, that time he's gone fractionally quicker than that. But it's now only good for ninth in the class. That's how much it's been stepped up in this qualifying session. Three minutes remaining. Frankie, yeah, Frankie Montecarlo. Robert McGinnis up to the third pit, position. Yeah. Then uh, improved again on that last lap now. Garcia um, in the pits, Jeremy, as well. Yeah, Robbie done. Foley still out there. He'll, I think you will give it one more. Um, see if he peels off this time. He's coming up towards the pit commit now. And if I look to my right... Uh, no, he has, he's pitted. So no more for Robbie yeah. Foley. The, the question now is what can Maddie Campbell and Jack Hawksworth do yes. in number nine and number 14 cars? They went out way after everybody else. So they're going to you know, let, let some rubber get laid well, down and then see what they can do. And, and when Here I said people Hawksworth. were doing, you know, 10s and 12s, they're doing 14s and 18s out there. Uh, in on their well, that, second no that, that, yeah but that was their first flying lap again yeah, yeah. bringing the tyres yeah, in exactly, exactly but that, that's very very careful yeah. that's as that's as that's as careful as we've seen well, particularly from Jack Hawksworth this is a great lap though for Manny Campbell I think he's likely to go into well at least second cross the line and down towards turn one and he goes to pole position yeah but for, for a fraction of a second because the Vasa Sullivan Lexus with the, the car that had the fuel problems yesterday, fuel delivery problems yesterday, 205.365 by two and a half tenths. Jack Hawksworth over the four miles. It's 14 Vasa Sullivan Lexus from nine. Faf Motorsports, Porsche and Matt Campbell. Yeah, runs a little bit wide there. Extra turn three. That was a brilliant lap from both of those two, quite frankly. Uh, and uh, I, 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 they're going to be struggling to improve upon that. Uh, neither of them was quicker than Antonio Garcia, who remains purple, fastest of all through the first sector. But the first sector is the shortest on this lap. That's only really the uh, turn one and then d down the hill a little bit toward turn three. But Matt so, Campbell has just put in his, his fastest first sector, faster yep. than his previous lap. He's still a tenth down uh, on 
what De Garcia did, and in fact he's pretty much exactly a tenth down uh, also on what Frank Monte Calvo did in that first sector. So that's not where the Porsche is making its speed, Jeremy. And in fact, interestingly, neither Hawksworth uh, or Matt Campbell have a purple sector to their names at I the moment. I think Campbell, I think... Uh, I think we'll did, see that actually. when he comes around next yeah. time. I think they did. Well, he has now because he's just done an 11-8 in that long middle sector. So Matt Campbell breaking down for Canada corner, down through the gearbox, turns in right-handed. Now lining the car up for the slightly rising Bill Mitchell Bend where the bridge used to be. The tunnel now falls off at the exit there. And the camber really doesn't help you all the way to the edge of the track. And he's lost Whoa. it. He's lost it at turn 14. Heard the squeal of the Michelin tyres. He wasn't getting that one back. As soon as you heard, hear them squealing, it's not coming back. The chequered flag is out. Hawksworth has dived into the pit lane because he had to lift to avoid the spinning Porsche. But Matt Campbell was on an absolute flyer all the way to the edge of the track before he turned in for turn 14. The outside edges of the left-hand Michelins were actually over the track edge there. And as he turned in, he succumbed to the laws of physics yeah. because before that he'd been flirting with them yeah. and finally the laws of physics got their own back and the polar moment of inertia uh, took him round with that number nine car good effort though yeah yeah so note to self can't quite go that quickly through the apex of the turn 14 but a brilliant Back try it there off a notch. from from maddie campbell really really fine effort there the porsche carrying 10 kilos more weight this weekend slight balance of performance uh, change uh, coming into this race uh, the mercedes is actually 20 kilos heavier than it was last time out. The Porsche, 10 kilos more. I tell you what, though, Jeremy, that Porsche is quick in the middle sector. Yeah. An 11.8 against Hawksworth, 12.1. So he had the two tenths there in that middle sector. Uh, lost yeah. it, of course, all in the last sector. Very interesting. So Jack Hawksworth, then, will claim a pole position in the GTT Pro category and it will be Robbie yeah. Foley for Turner Motorsport and the BMW M4 that's the uh, yellow and blue car and as far as Jack's concerned Jeremy uh, what's his pole record like uh, well th this will be uh, Jack Hawksworth's uh, sixth pole position uh, in his 68th start in this championship but uh, yeah fine effort there uh, by him and uh, that team has worked really, really hard. As you say, they had some fuel pump problems yesterday, but the car's been fast all weekend long. And Jack Hawksworth, of course, who had to sit out several races as a result of in injuries sustained in a motorbike crash, a motocross accident uh, at home in England. Uh, but uh, he's, uh, he, he made his return last time out and uh, is making his presence felt here. Really fine effort uh, by uh, Jack Hawksworth in that number 14 car. This is his... Uh, First pole position in a while, actually. Looking back down, when was it? Back in 2018, that can't be right, oh. surely. Well, Jeremy, you keep immaculate records. So VIR. Last time had a pole position. Oh, no, there we are. Uh, the uh, Watkins Glen in 20 in 21 
I think. What, uh, 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 actually, also at Lime Rock Park. VIR was in the rain, I seem to remember, uh, a couple of years ago for Jack. He had one there in uh, pretty dicey conditions. Uh, Shea Adams in the pit lane. Shea? Yes. I'm waiting for my race cars to come. They've just been released to roll back to tech, and I can see Jack Hawksworth and Robbie Foley. They're actually separated by the FAF Porsche. Uh, we're going to get Jack in his box first and then Robbie, but I think we're still a couple minutes away from an interview, John. Jack in actually, the box. Actually, uh, th those, those two polls uh, for Jack that I just talked about, uh, they, they were in the, in the, uh, the pro driver section. Remember last couple of years we've had the we had the uh, uh, the split qualifying the split qualifying session yes. so it did, actually wasn't a pole position yeah good point it was so, just the uh, fastest time it was just time. the fastest time yes yeah. understood just that didn't that didn't set the position of the car let's go to Robbie yeah. Forley for uh, Turner Motorsport and their tackle meter will be their Turner tackle <laughs> meter will be turned up to 11 and after that one, Cher. It's the perfect warm-up, John, because, of course, Robbie Foley is involved with Michelin Pilot Challenge race here coming up in a little bit. That's going to be a lot of driving for Robbie as well. But I know that the team tested here not too very long ago. They weren't thrilled with the outcome, expecting a, a different result. So, Robbie, a fourth pole position, it's a nice surprise, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, the second practice session yesterday was a little bit weird with red flags and stuff, so we never got a proper new tire run, so it was a bit unknown really where we stood. Um, but we had a good idea of what we needed out of the car, and we went that direction for qualifying. Um, of course, it's great to get a pole. It just shows how hard these guys work to get our brand-new M4 GT3 well-developed and uh, loving it around Road America. So one of my favorite tracks, great to get a pole here, and uh, see how we do in possible rain tomorrow. Well, I was going to ask, did you push a little harder on these Michelins, knowing that tomorrow you might be starting on some wet tires instead? That would have been a good idea. I didn't. <laughs> I actually came in thinking I might have had a little bit more, but here there's a big peak in the tire, um, so you have to do it early, and if you don't, I think there's uh, definitely a couple of tents you lose in lap four or five, et cetera. So uh, the car is really good right away. We kind of prepped the tire into a window, and then you got to go right away, and hopefully that's the lap, and it was. So... Um, yeah, really good job by everybody, and uh, hopefully brings us good momentum for tomorrow. Yeah, congrats on pole. Good luck in the race coming up here shortly. Thanks. Yeah, Robbie's now got to get his head into Michelin Pilot Challenge mode for uh, a four-hour contest uh, this afternoon for the Road America 240 with the same team. Doesn't have to change his overall. Oh, does, oh, does he have a different set of overalls, or do they have both badges and have removable badges? He said that would be quite clever if they managed to do that. But he'll be out in the GT4 version of the BMW. Now, at the front of the field, leading the GTs uh, around tomorrow with the new green flag time. If you hadn't picked this up, it was announced a couple of weeks ago that the uh, main race tomorrow has been moved up to green flag at 10.40 central local time. And uh, that means that we'll be having uh, the Michelin countdown to green from... Uh, about 10 o'clock to bring you all of the atmosphere. But leading the field round will be the Lexus of Jack Hawks with a car that ground to a halt with no fuel getting to the engine in the early part of the week, but was still quick even at that point. Uh, the guys have done a great job, and Jack Shea has rewarded them in the best possible way. He has, and it's been a while since Jack Hawksworth was on pole position, strictly because you haven't had an opportunity to go out there and qualify for it in a couple of years. Jack, how good does it feel to be number one again? Mega. It's uh, obviously been... Great weekend so far, just all around. Uh, car's been working really well. We worked on a few things last night and uh, felt a bit better again today. So uh, 
Starting at the front, obviously the big points paid tomorrow, uh, but I think we got the uh, we got the guys and we got the car to uh, yeah have a good race tomorrow and see if we can uh, yeah get a W first GTD Pro win. That's what we're going for. Yeah, that's important too. And I know the forecast must make you excited because uh, rain doesn't scare you at all, does it? No, well, both me and Ben are, uh, are from England, right? So we we spent most of our childhood growing up racing carts in the wet. So. Uh, yeah, we should be okay, I think. Um, you just never know, right, in the wet. Like, um, it can be a bit of a lottery. Sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't. But um, forecast looks up in the air tomorrow, so we'll see what, it, see what it gives us. And starting at the front, and we'll just do what we've been doing all season, which is give it our best and uh, hopefully end in victory lane. That'd be nice. I've got to ask about the qualifying, because you did a very slow first lap, your outlap. Was that the key to making sure that the tyres were at their peak when you needed that? Yeah, we just we knew it was really peaky, this track. Um, you don't get, uh, you know, you know, we, the Michelin's last for a full stint, but when you want that magic kind of lap time, you've got to be uh, make sure you push when the tyre's in. So we knew that on the outlap alone wasn't going to be enough to get the temperature into the front tyres, so then we used the first lap just to build the build the tyre temperature and then uh, obviously went for it there on the second time lap, and it turned out to be the right strategy. Congrats on another poll. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, straight talker. It's our Jack. And yeah. There's so much, Jeremy, that goes into this. He qualified, all right, just slap the driver around a bit, uh, say bad things about his family, feed him some raw meat, and then send him out to go full bore on, uh, on what's going on. But it, there's clearly a heck of a lot gone into that. The, the way that Jack was talking there, just about how they discussed even bringing that tyre uh, into its temperature range. Really impressive. And yeah. the team clearly knew what they had to do as well and their part of what was going on uh, yeah I, th I think so and you know he, he didn't go absolutely flat out from the get-go as did his teammate Frankie Montecalvo and you know that perhaps the difference I mean that was a stunning lap though from Jack I mean 205.3 that is uh, absolutely flying uh, no no you know <laughs> nothing left on the table there for uh, Jack Hawksworth, he's he's still a tenth shy of that remarkable pole position from Ben Keating back in 2019. So it won't be a, a track record for uh, Jack. Well, it will be a track record because it's his first year of GTD Pro. So you can you can count that down as a, a lap record for Jack Hawksworth, but still not quite as quick as uh, Ben Keating managed back in 2019. Again, different specs back then, but uh, still a great lap by him and a tremendous effort by Mandy Campbell there, uh, trying to make it. Uh, Another pole position for uh, for the Aussie, having had the pole last time out at uh, what was it, Lime Rock Park, wasn't it? Yeah, for Matty, yeah, yeah. Matt Campbell. Uh, Shea Adam is down in the pit lane. Next up, we have the qualifying session for LMP3. So silver under 30 or bronze drivers only share. There are a couple of teams who have a choice, even given those restrictions. So who have we got going out now? Okie dokie. Well, we have the first car out is John Bennett, the 54 Core Autosport Championship leader. Right behind him, and I mean right behind him, Gar Robinson in the 74 Riley. Then we've got Ari Baylog in the number 30. That is second in the championship for Junior 3 Racing. I think the next car in line was the 33 Sean Creech Motorsport. That's Malte Jakobsen. Um, and then I don't remember who went out in that next door. So I'll just go down through the numeric ones that I have written down. Ori Fidani is the qualifier for the number 13 AWA. Uh, we've got Jarrett Andretti behind the wheel of the 36 Andretti Autosport. He's already got a couple of poles so far this year. That's the sound of 38 Performance Tech. That's going to be Cameron Shields qualifying that car if you haven't been with us yet so far this weekend. It is James French. Oh, James is driving that car. I didn't think he was still below 30. Um, he is still a silver, though. He's a hometown hero. He's a 
good bet for He's a position. He's going to love you for that shit. He's I, really, he's it's really. true. I thought we well, were it says, the Well, uh, it says James French on the on the timing screen, and he has tripped the pit out. So. I, I'll believe it yeah, then. Okay. Um, we've got Josh Sarchet for the 54 MLT Motorsport. Is that reading true on the timing Correct. screen as well? Yeah, and then the last, yeah. but certainly not least, a guy who is definitely not under 30, nor silver, Jerry Kraut, who is uh, the <laughs> oldest driver in the field, Minnesota native. We love Jerry. Let's uh, see what he can do in his first LMP3 qualifying this year. Yeah, he is the bronze driver, a solid bronze uh, in that car, and loving life and his racing. Good luck to you, Jerry. JDC Miller Motorsports, the only, uh, the one of only two uh, Duquesnes, the DO8s, uh, near Norma, of course. Uh, the JSP320s are the bulk of the field, the other seven cars out there. I'm just going to keep an eye uh, on... James French car to see if that changes over. Yes, it has. So at the first split, it has changed to Cameron Shields. So you were spot on, shit. Yeah, this is uh, going to be pretty interesting. I think Joao Barbosa and Cam Shields both uh, both been really quick. Joao Barbosa this weekend sharing that number 33 car for Sean Creech Motorsports with uh, Malta Jakobsen after after the regular driver Lance Wilson wasn't able to make it here this weekend got some other commitments in Massachusetts so the uh, it's effectively two pro drivers I mean Joao Barbosa is is yeah. hugely experienced uh, all sorts of wins around this place uh, in the past so knows how to get it done and uh, he's still fast and still highly motivated oh, yeah. is Joao so he's going to be looking for that pole position here uh, today, no question. Uh, and he's got a very, very fast car. He's only ever had one pole position before in his career, as Joe Barbosa, back in the uh, prototype days. But uh, he's looking for another one right now. The So just to confirm, it is Cam Shields in that 38 car. And she has just checked her notes. Either that or she's had a dark look from James French. James did turn 30. Uh, yeah, this, yeah. But he's off the, you're off the Christmas card list now in the uh, French household, Adam. John Heinov and Jeremy Shaw in the Hagley Global Broadcast Centre. We've just seen Jack Hawksworth for Vassar Sullivan Lexus claim the pole position for the IMSA Fastlane Sports Car Weekend at Road America for GTD Pro and Robbie Foley for Turner and BMW in the 96 car for the GTD category. We're now in the middle part of qualifying live from trackside. It is the nine-car LMP3 field. LMP3 confirmed for at least one more season for IMSA competition at the State of the Sport with John Doonan uh, last night yeah. and LMP2 also confirmed for one more season there will be some changes to both LMP3 and LMP2 as a global formula coming up uh, but IMSA confident that there's a place for them in 2023 and indeed LMP3 will become the lead category in the new for 2023 VP Fuels Sports Car Challenge which sees them as the top class in 45-minute sprint racing. No pit stops, no driver changes, and they'll be joined on track by what will be called GSX, 
which aren't Suzuki motorcycles. That is the uh, GT4 cars that we see in the Mission of Pilot Challenge Championship. Again, single driver, no pit stops, two 45-minute races with those two categories on the track at the same time, giving both of the sets of drivers the opportunity to deal with traffic, overtake and be overtaken uh, within a sprint format before potentially stepping up into the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Yeah, there was some doubt, wasn't there, about that? And uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think LMP3 is a bit, I think they've been great this year. They had, uh, there's certainly been some criticism, uh, particularly from from many fans, because it was Watkins Glen in particular, wasn't it, where the uh, LMP3 cars seemed to be bringing out yellow flags on a fairly consistent basis for a variety of reasons. But um, no, I think the cars are great. I think uh, you know, yeah, they do, and there's a you know, good spread of drivers in there for sure. But you know, I think it's been I think it's been a good addition. Uh, these are these are good cars, particularly for these for the length of race. Uh, and it's another opportunity, Jeremy. Another another choice, if you like, uh, for potential drivers coming in. Um, no pit stops means no pit equipment, no refueling. Um, get in the car, drive it for 45 minutes, turn it around for another race over the weekend. Budget-wise, that's going to give a different level of investment required by what are likely to be gentlemen drivers, or at least non-pro drivers, and therefore it gives them an opportunity to get a foot on the ladder for IMSA competition in another way. And not everybody wants to share a car, I understand that. They want to get in the car and drive it themselves. Not everybody wants to be doing two, three, four-hour races. So I completely understand it. And we'll see that next season with uh, those two different events, uh, two different classes uh, on the field, on the field, uh, on the circuit at the same time. So we're halfway through uh, this session. I'm waiting for the times to come in. Matthew Jacobson, who had what can only be described, Jeremy, as a, an eventful uh, practice session uh, the, yesterday, uh, has gone under two minutes. So that's a yeah. sterling bit of work early on for, for the young man from across the pot. Yeah, indeed so, yeah. Uh, he was uh, super fast yesterday, but also a bit erratic as well. He made contact with a couple of cars on the first on his outlap, I think it was, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Which was a bit unnecessary. Was it Stephen Thomas, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's right. Dived down the inside of a, of a P2 car, down turn eight on his outlap. And the next lap, he was bounding over the grass and up in the air, quite literally coming out of turn seven, seven as well. Yes, so well, so it, was a, it was a busy day for him. But uh, yeah, he's going to be qualifying that car rather than Joao Barbosa. So Joao won't have an opportunity to add to that solitary pole he had at Daytona back in 2017. So... Instead, he'd be uh, quite happy to go for the win. But the youngster here from Denmark, super fast he has been in uh, each of the races he has done this season, mainly the long-distance races. Uh, and uh, he's, he's quite a talent, is young uh, Malta. And uh, it's showing again here with the fastest lap of the weekend so far. Faster again there, 159.4. He's got seven-tenths of a second over Gerard Andretti. And uh, Cam Shields has, is down in fourth position behind Josh Sarchet who's done a really good job yeah. for Dr. Mike's MLT Motorsports Ligier car number 58 in third place Cameron Shields from Australia for Performance Tech sharing that car with James French the local driver 
from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. But uh, Cameron, he reckoned he was going to be challenging uh, Malta Jakobsen from the pole. He's got two seconds to find. Yeah. Yeah. That's purple for Jared Andretti, though, in sector one. He's flown through turn one on this lap. He's only yeah. uh, less than three-quarters of a second behind Malta Jakobsen. Yeah, and most of that was in the middle sector uh, last time around. A good four-tenths of that was in the middle sector last time around. That's the long sector from just after turn two all the way through to after the kink. So let's see if he can make that. He needs to be down to a mid one away rather than a high one away which is where he was on his previous lap the rattle of those V8 engines just around this circuit sound fantastic so 159.434 is the provisional pool sitting time at the moment with spot on 5 minutes to go and that's uh, Malta Jakobsen and Dretti as Jeremy says 3 quarters of a second further back, 108.9, so he hasn't improved in the middle sector, but Josh Sarcher has 109.480 in the middle sector can he get better than his 201.3 last time around, waiting for him to come through now in the number 58, there goes the Sean Creech Motorsport number 33, that was Malthy going through, not improving four tenths away from his best see above comment for Jarrett Andretti, who was only a tenth away from his best, now waiting for Josh Sarchet to come through, and he does improve his time, but not his position. 201.083. He's clawed a tiny bit back on the two ahead of him, Jeremy, but a yeah. very small amount. Yeah, but uh, you know, fractionally quicker in all three sectors was Josh. That's a really good run for him, and uh, again, he's outpacing Cameron Shields here, uh, and uh, you know, Cameron is a, is a young charger from from Australia, who is making his home here in North America now, mainly by uh, more by luck than judgment. He wasn't planning on staying up here, but when uh, the COVID hit in 2020, he was kind of stuck over here, couldn't get back to Australia, uh, and he's made the most of that. He's working really hard. He's based in Southern California these days, so a lot of coaching at the Thermal Club out by uh, near Palm Springs, and uh, he's really carving himself a. Uh, yeah, a, a proper career here and he's worked really really hard to do so yeah, away from all his family at home and he didn't really know anybody in Southern California but he's a really hard worker he's Cameron Shields and I've got to admire him for it Leisure number 58 getting a big slide on for Josh Sarsha last time around at turn 5 I don't know if you've been out the thermal at all to that facility Jeremy it's an extraordinary yeah. place with a, a variety of of track layouts uh, including a very long outside circuit which is very very technical uh, had a couple of great days there in years gone by thoroughly enjoyed it out there that's Jared Andretti cruising around on the racing line there going into Canada corner uh, I think that'll please Josh Sarsay terribly much yeah to go around him Sasha down through the kink a moment or two ago, just sliding the car, but that's there's a little bit more there. He wasn't quite on the red and yellow curbs with his left-hand wheels, but listen, I'm not going to criticise anybody for giving the kink a little bit of respect, yeah. and that was uh, not going to be his fastest lap. That might have been a slow-down lap. Let's see if he's going to pick up the pace now. Down into turn one for that number 58. As Jeremy said, just... Uh, 
held up last time around. He's not laying it all on the line. Oh, good turning off the curbs, though. That was really nice. But it's very bumpy there. And we've seen more than the odd one or two just washing out there and ending up with all four Michelins on the dirt, which is uh, a suboptimal state uh, as a certain former head of McLaren Formula One might have said. <laughs> 90 seconds to go. Gar Robinson is still improving there in Calumber 74. The Riley Motorsports entry in that uh, distinctive uh, orange and blue livery. And uh, at the moment, Gar on the outside of row three, the, the 2014, which was his last lap. Yeah, just getting a little bit yeah, quicker again. He was, on, as you say, on that last lap and quicker again through sector one. He's one of those guys that likes a bit of momentum. And always gets quicker at the end of the session. We're still in the final minute now, so this will probably be his final lap. The top two, Malta Jakobsen in column 33, and Jared Andretti for Andretti, or just probably column 36, both into the pit lane. Sunny. There has been a little bit of scattered cloud, which is sometimes covering the sun. Track temperature hovering around 100 Fahrenheit, 37 Celsius. Air temperature quite warm, actually. We were in the mid-20s most of the day yesterday in Celsius. 30 Celsius now, that's 86 Fahrenheit. So it is hot and getting hotter. Expected to be even a little warmer this afternoon. Once the track temperature gets up above mid-40s and heading towards 50s, that's when the tyre engineers start to work, have to work their magic. It's when things are getting really tough for the tyres. Checkered flag is out, Jeremy. It is, but uh, Gar Robinson has improved in each of the first two sectors here, and he's looking to jump up potentially into fourth, maybe even third on the grid. Uh, he, he looked like he had a pretty good exit out of the, out of the final corner, turn 14, up the hill, crests the rise, there across the start-finish line, he goes, and he does get third position. Tremendous wow. run by Gar Robinson. Two, two minutes, .969 for that number 74 car. Brilliant effort by Gar Robinson. Built up to that really nicely, Excellent. didn't he? Uh, and that's a perfect example of how there is there are more than one way, uh, there's more than one way to attack a qualifying session. He used all of that 15 minutes to build himself up to it. Now, uh, did that mean that his tyres were in optimum condition when he was doing that last lap? Probably not, but the key thing was he was, and he yeah. was confident. And we talked about the, the intersecting uh, lines on the graph of driver performance from one minute to 15 minutes tends to get better during that, whereas tyre performance will start low, go to a peak and then drop off. But where the performance of the tyre intersects with the performance of the driver, that's going to be your fastest lap. And Gars worked that one out and got himself to third position. But it will be the Stars and Stripes car, the 33. That one you cannot miss for our race tomorrow. Stands out very well indeed. They've been running uh, that uh, colour scheme for a wee while now. And down at the penalty box, actually, is where the Paul Sitter is on it. So our third Paul Sitter of the qualifying session, Malta Jakobsen. 
after what can only be described as we said as a, well a character building a couple of free practice sessions earlier in the weekend hey first time here exploring the limits exactly right it's the old Jacques Villeneuve you spin once at every corner and back it off just a tiny bit he didn't quite uh, do it that way around Shea Adam is down there now uh, as uh, the uh, colleagues from uh, TV actually have uh, just jumped in as he was uh, disrobing at least taking the uh, helmet off and the uh, hands device so we'll wait just a few moments longer for our live audience uh, across the states and around the world yeah really great run from he, he had a the fastest lap of the race in uh, it was Sebring I think for uh, Malte Jakobsen uh, earlier in the season but he's been super fast everywhere he has been in uh, these in these cars got a lot of experience driving them in Europe and uh, it was a tremendous lap he put together at Sebring uh, he went on to to win the, the class in that race for Sean Creech Motorsports so uh, he's put himself in the perk this is the first time he's, he's done a, a, a qualifying run in the IMSA Wales Exports Car Championship taken full advantage of it to get that full first pole position yeah, as Jeremy said, he uh, built up to that uh, and has paid off the hard work from the team. And we have a further qualifying session to come for the uh, LMP2s. Now, that will be bronze driver only, uh, and they'll be out with the DPIs, which is any driver. So that is uh, is the uh, next session to come. Shea Adam has uh, waited patiently and so we'll ask the questions of our pole sitter in LMP3, Martha Jakobsen for Sean Creech Motorsport. Well, Martha, this has been a very exciting year for you. You get the first ever Sebring 12 hours win, now your first ever pole position at Road America nonetheless. How hard were you pushing out there? Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a really, really good session so far for me and the team, Sean Creech Motorsport. They did a really good job preparing the car this time and yeah, all the testing and free practices yesterday have paid off, so that's really nice. It's all about finding the limits when you come to a new track, and that's what you did early on in the session, right? So that's how you were able to get the pole position. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit tricky here. Normally I race in the ELMS, and we have tire heaters, and here we have the cold tires, so it takes a few laps to build the temperature in the tires and not pushing too hard in the beginning as well. But yeah, we managed it well, and we are really happy with the pole. It's the team's first poll in WeatherTech. They've gotten poll in IPC before, but you follow in some pretty big footsteps with Chris Wright being the last guy to get pole position for the car. How much does it mean to the team, though, to get this accomplishment? I'm sure it means a lot to the team as well to get their first ever pole position. Um, I haven't seen any of the mechanics or anybody yet because I went straight here. But, yeah, I'm sure they are really happy. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And, John, I have to say the award for the team member who ran down the pit lane, that would be Diane Swintall, of course, made it here practically before Malta even did. <laughs> of course Diane did. What, did. what would you expect? Gives Usain Bolt a run for his money when uh, required. Very good, Diane. Thank you. Uh, so we have uh, three of the five pole sitters uh, have been, uh, have been uh, decided. So congratulations to 
uh, those who have already claimed their spot on the front row of their respective groups. That was Turner Motorsport for GTD. It was Vassar Sullivan and the number 14 car with Jack Hawksworth for the RCF Lexus for GTD Pro. And we've just seen Malta Jakobsen for Sean Creech Motorsport take pole position for the 33. One final 15-minute session. Now, the LMP2 shit, uh, they have to use the bronze driver. So, um, that is... I don't think there's anybody who has two bronzes this weekend, is there? No, no, no. Correct. So, it is John Ferrano for the number 8 Tower Motorsport LMP2. That He is leading the championship. We've got uh, Stephen Thomas, our pole sitter extraordinaire so far this year. Uh, and last year, actually, he had some great battles with Ben Keating. He's going to be going out in the number 11. Dwight Merriman, the defending race winner from last year, is the qualifier in the number 18 for Aero Motorsport. We've got Dennis Anderson in the 20 for High Class Racing. Patrick Kelly, our champion back in 2020 in the LMP2 class. He is on qualifying duties for the number 52. And for Henrik Hedman in the 81 Dragon Speed, that's going to be a fun qualifying for the bronzes. But it is open season for the DPIs. And we already know a couple of these because of various interviews yesterday. We know that it's Tom Blomqvist in the number 60 Meyer Shank Racing Acura going for his third consecutive pole position. We know that it's Philippe Albuquerque in the number 10 Konica Minolta Acura because his co-driver Ricky Taylor told us that yesterday. But the other four cars, that's where the interest comes into play. It is Olivier Pla qualifying the number 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac. No surprise there. That seems to be their pattern of uh, choice. It's Alex Lynn who is qualifying for the 0-2. He was the fastest as the practice session died yesterday afternoon. And Sebastian Bourdais is behind the of the zero one. Now the two Cadillac racing drivers have done every single qualifying except for one so far this season. So we are not at all surprised to see those two guys going out for their eighth time. But the last car in the field that I have not yet mentioned is the number five. Tristan Vautier has qualified that car every single possible opportunity so far this season. I saw Tristan in shorts, which means it's Richard Westbrook, who last won a race here at Road America, going out for the number five Mustang sampling Cadillac. Live across the USA and around the world in sound and vision. No blocks, no bricks, no subscriptions. Just the action for you here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. IMSAradio.com for the TV feed and for the audio if you're a little bit bandwidth challenged or uh, moving around. 87.9 FM around the track. And don't forget tomorrow, uh, if you are moving around, hello to everybody down there at uh, Canada Corner uh, and around uh, the circuit. If you are moving around tomorrow and you are so equipped or your vehicle is, it will be Sirius XM 207. 207. Uh, nice to have your company if you are moving around tomorrow. Uh, every single WeatherTech uh, sports car championship race, by the way, on uh, Sirius XM this season. Again, for I think probably the sixth or seventh year that we've been doing that now. So thanks to them for loaning us their airwaves uh, as well. Right, Jeremy, how much fun is this going to be? Because yeah. you could have put a reasonably sized picnic, picnic blanket over the top of the uh, the times yesterday. Yeah, it was really close, wasn't it? With the top four cars within uh, through well three and a half tenths of a second or so, and had a bit, little bit of a chat with uh, Sebastian Bourdais yesterday evening, and you said that the number zero one car was a bit of a handful uh, in that uh, second session. He set some fast times, but he also had a, he looped it down at turn five. You don't often see Sebastian Bourdais looping it, although he did join the race at Long Beach, much to his chagrin. 
did, did okay after that though. He came back from the back, caught everybody up, passed everybody up, went on to win the race. He won't want to do that again, but he will want to get that car on the pole position if he possibly can. Uh, they had a dismal start to the season at zero one team, finished last in three of the first four races, but they won. Uh, they, they've got you know got that uh, everything back on track now. That uh, team has won uh, two of the last three races, in addition to that Long Beach win earlier in the season, and they got themselves back up to the third position in the points. So they want to get every point they possibly can, and Sebastian is hoping that, that kind of instability that was in the car yesterday afternoon uh, is going to be. Uh, back to normal so to speak so he can challenge for the pole position because it was his teammate Alex Lynn yesterday who set the fastest time in that final practice session at a 149.321 the lap record by the way round here was set back in 2019 by Dane Cameron a 148.7 can we get near that today I don't know, it's, 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 it's fairly warm this afternoon but uh, track conditions Oh, certainly yeah, pretty good out there right, right now. It's not super hot. Um, potentially. It's going to be really interesting to see how fast these guys can go, but I certainly don't expect to be uh, seeing much difference in times between the Acuras and the Cadillacs. It's Jeremy Shaw. I'm John Hindorfshire. Adam is in the pit lane. Jeremy and I in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre which is just off the driver's left, past the finishing stripe. So, again, uh, uh, there are people joining us uh, at IMSA Radio, if you uh, want to tweet us, and many of you already have. And people are joining in for this, which, uh, unless something really odd happens, should set the overall uh, pole position. Actually, whatever the times are here, these cars will start at the front of the grid because there is a DPI split, but... Should be, unless something, as I say, very bizarre goes on, that these guys put the fastest times in. And again, watch for these cars building temperature and pressure in the Michelin tyres. Everyone has the same compound and construction of Michelin tyres, and there's no choice. It is a slick tyre. Well, four of them, hopefully, one on each corner. Uh, but it is one version of the Michelin racing slick. Yeah, we saw yesterday in some of the practice sessions the uh, quicker LMP2 cars were quicker than the uh, a couple of DPI cars uh, for much of the session. But of course, it's going to be the AM drivers that's qualifying yes. the LMP2 cars today, so that's not certainly isn't going to be a factor. But the LMP2 cars are certainly still very quick around here. Yeah, and, and I also think that the DPI teams will be on a full qualifying setup here. Uh, oh, rather yeah. than what they were running yesterday, they'd have been looking for some data on tyre wear and, and fuel burn as well. Now, the two Chip Ganassi run Cadillac still sitting in the pits. We've seen this before. Uh, crucially, something that was mentioned there by Malton Jakobsen, no tyre warmers here. So when we're talking about building temperature and therefore pressure because you have to have standard air. You're not, I don't even think you're allowed dried air uh, in the tyres here. I think I remember reading that somewhere. Um, so you are, as you build temperature, it heats up the air within, between the wheel and the rubber of the tyre, and therefore that changes the pressures on the car. It lifts the ride height just a little bit as well. So setting those cold starting pressures, really important to have that right and then bring them up to temp and pressure 
you have to do that with your putting energy into the, the rubber of the tyres via from the uh, the brakes and heating up and slowing down and speeding up and slowing down or from side to side movement the energy that you're putting in as you're driving around the track. Yeah, talking of tyre prep uh, I saw briefly yesterday Kenny Zimanski who is, uh, looks after the tyres for that uh, 0-1 car for the Ganassi team. Kenny's been around his sport for a, a long, 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 long time. For, for Newman House Racing, he was their, their tyre prep man for many, many years. Going back way before that, for Lotus Formula 1 team, Colin Chapman days, he was the man who looked after the tyres there. So there's so much expertise in that Chip Ganassi Racing organisation. There were two cars that were assessed penalties after the finalization of the GTD qualifying session. The number 42, that's the NTE Lamborghini, and the number 51, Rick Ware Racing Acura. The drivers got out of the cars once the session was done. Guys, please read the rule book. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. The driver must stay in the car and take it to tech. The drivers didn't do that. They got out of the cars. They lost all six of their times, and those two cars have been moved to the back of the pack. Dear, dear. That really upsets you, that it does. You do, it gets very annoyed with the teams. Yeah. Weird, we read the rules. Other yeah. people should too. The, the number 42 team hasn't done all of the races no, this season, but number 51 car has done most of them. But, yeah, yeah strange. Annoying. And both of the... Good news, they, they usually weren't right up at the front. Yeah, well, true. That would have been even worse. The, uh, the two Chip Ganassi Cadillacs have uh, started to roll. Nine right. and a half minutes still to go. Once again, as ever, with these busy IMSA weekends, we have to say thank you very much indeed to our colleagues up at Charlotte, who by the magic of fibre technology and things moving at the speed of light, take all of the camera feeds from here, mix them together at Charlotte, and then send them back down to our Hagerty Global Broadcast Centre so that we can see all around the track. And you're getting the benefit here, of course, at Rhoda Murray on some of the big screens around the track as well. So thank you to everybody there, particularly uh, to uh, Victoria, who will be looking after us on the world feed uh, this weekend. New member of our broadcast team. Also to Trevor as well, who we welcome into the fold this weekend. All uh, up there at Charlotte under the auspices of Keith D'Alessandro, who has been looking after us for quite some time now. A lot of hard work going on and a busy weekend for our colleagues there up at Charlotte. That's a stunning first flying lap there for Philippe Albuquerque in car number 10. The Colin Minolta uh, Acura for Wayne Taylor Racing. 149.303, that's faster than the best time from yesterday. A stunning first lap. I mean, he came blasting past the number 60 car to be qualified by Tom Blokers to come out of turn 14. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a stunning lap time. He's gone uh, purple again in sector one, a good bit quicker on this next lap. So he's not worried about uh, bringing these tyres up to temperature. He's just going for it. And, wow, that's uh, a, quite a marker laid down. Purple again, he is in sector two. Philip Albuquerque, he's the first guy out, out uh, on, the, on the road, I think. But, wow, he's really laying it down. Yeah, Philippe not backwards and coming forwards. And a 49-3 as Jeremy says, is a stout effort. Front end of that number 10 car bouncing around on the short shoot between wow, turns 13 be this and 14 
He's going to be quicker again this time, oh, yeah. Jeremy. By, Significantly. Yeah, by a decent margin. Is the lap record in danger? It, it could be. It's a 48-9. Yeah. He's taken half a second from that time that we were impressed with. How much more is it to come from the Acura? We think if this is an Acura track, it's fast, it's flowing. Not sure how much they've trimmed this car out for qualifying, Jeremy, but this is very impressive indeed. And a sub-149 lap. It was a 40... Eight, is it a 48.7 yes. that for, you told me yesterday? Yeah, the lap record for Dane Cameron uh, back in 2019, 48.715. So he's got to find uh, a bit more than a couple of tenths of a second. But that was a really tremendous effort there by uh, Albuquerque. And uh, you know, he's just uh, not hanging around at all, is he? Really laying it down there. Olivier Pla, second position at the moment, but a full second and a half behind Richard Westbrook, a little bit behind him. Uh, and the other guys being a little bit more circumspect with how they bring their tyres up to temperature, but still not even close to Albuquerque's time. Stephen Thomas goes to the top of LMP2 for PR1 Matheson Motorsport yeah. with a 54-3. Yeah, but only, uh, uh, only what, three, three tenths or so ahead of Dennis Anderson. That's a really good effort by Dennis. Uh, chatted to him last night. He's having, they're having so much fun here for, for high-class racing. Uh, in these, in this, uh, in this championship from Denmark, uh, and uh, loves it. The whole team—they're having so much fun here, and that's a good lap laid down, laid down there by Dennis. He had a couple of incidents yesterday, including a big spin and well, a crash really at the kink. But uh, he was able to drive it back to the pits, uh, and the car went back out onto the track shortly thereafter. It went faster, remarkable effort, really. Uh, I tell it's you not what, I saw, him, has I it? I saw, saw, saw a photo of the tyres after that. Yes. Uh, after that, he won't be using it. Well, the, the, his race engineer Dave Bembo was joking. You know, if he doesn't behave during the race, we might give him those tyres <laughs> later on in the race. That'll shake uh, his <laughs> Yes, it? it will. Yeah, it did face him at all, Jeremy. You know, I've heard you say before. You don't drive in your rearview mirror and once something's happened, you have to forget about it. Brian Till, when he's coaching young drivers, who's worked with you uh, this weekend again on the Ferrari Trofeo, uh, you know, the corner that you've gone through, once you've gone through it, even if it's good, bad or indifferent, forget about it because there'll be another one coming up in a second. And that's exactly what Dennis did. He got back on the horse and, and rode it very well indeed yeah. to stretch that... Uh, for slightly too far perhaps and four and a half minutes to go Philippe Albuquerque still out there the 48-9-1-5 yeah. yes. that, that uh, last run round yeah so he did improve on that last lap but uh, he's now lifted off I think he, we just saw uh, Blomqvist sort of, you know, blow past in there on, on the back straight heading down toward turn five but that car is moving around but this uh, Maya Shank racing guy is moving around probably a bit more than Tom would really like uh, he has gone uh, slightly quicker through the uh, first sector than he did previously but it's his second sector that ends shortly as he goes through the kink that is the, the really really important one here Alex Flynn is on a, another good lap in Longfist quickest for himself uh, through yes. too so there's a yep. there's an improvement on here he needs to find three quarters of a second to get on the the front row and a full second to get on to pole position he'll he'll not be pleased that he's uh, that the other Acura is nearly a second quicker but you have to factor in the Albuquerque algorithm and see how much of that is the car and how much is it yeah. the guy who on Twitter is Albuquerque. What about the Cadillacs? Well, the best Cadillac is Alex Lynn at the moment in the 0-2 car and he might be on for a slight improvement here. I 
as Albuquerque comes into the pits. Here comes Lynn, steers away from the edge of the kerb at turn 14 and starts to climb the hill as through goes the number 31, Oli Pla with a 150.3. There goes the Cadillac and a 58.3. So that was a slow lap by Alex, another prep lap, if you will. Just taking a bit of heat out of the Michelin tyres. Oh, he might have been too wide at turn one there. Not sure that this lap will be allowed to stand. We'll keep an eye on the race control channel to see what they say. It's hot out there at the moment. 106 Fahrenheit on the track. That's 41 degrees Celsius. I reckon he was just off the track to that new paved area, was he? Was there a bit of a Michelin still on there? That's a close call. That's a very close call indeed. Needed a little bit of remedial work there, and he had a little bunny hop back yeah. onto the track. And off at turn one is the zero one, wow. the team car. That's Sebastian Bourdais not having a good weekend. Very unusual for him. And the front end of the car is damaged. He's put that in sideways, I think. Uh, sorry, it's not turn one. My apologies. Uh, there's not that many places that you can go that far off. And that's turn 14, I think. Yes, it is. He's not coming out of there. Red flag with two minutes to go. That's it. It's over. Wow. It's over. And that was... Well, that's really, really interesting. I commented earlier on, Jeremy, that Philippe Albuquerque, the front end on his car, was bouncing off the ground between uh, 13 and 14. And that's exactly what happened to Sebastian Bordier there. And when the Michelins aren't on the ground, they're not going to give you any grip to turn the car. And it was just bouncing. and He couldn't get the car turned in. And that's going to be a poor position for Philippe Albuquerque. He is ecstatic down there in the Conica Minolta Acura. Um, Sebastian Bourdais, I think he's rather nonplussed about that. I'm not sure he really understands what was going on. So out of the Bill Mitchell bend, there's a change of surface. Ah, he ran off the track yeah. as well. Just trying to carry too much speed. Yeah. Uh, on the, uh, he's probably looking at the apex and forgot about what the turning point. It just pinches a little bit in does. there to four, between 13 and 14, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it curves a little bit on the entrance into 14, just carried a little bit too much width going into the corner, put a wheel off onto the dirt, and then your history after that, there's no way you can bring it back from that point. And uh, bounce, yeah, just bounce, a slight bounce. error of judgment there for Sebastian Bourdais. Uh, and it's oh, costly. He was, he was already on the brakes when he was on. And uh, rear suspension has gone. As well, on the left rear there, the rear suspension had gone. I think probably as he hit the edge of the kerb coming through there, I think you'll find when that car is recovered that the left rear suspension has broken. Wow. There was some very odd wheel movement there. Now, cause or effect, I can't tell you, but the team will have the data. But as Jeremy said, just bouncing and hopping and bunny hopping a wee bit as they yeah. came through to the end of that uh, that uh, curb they were already off the track what a lap, Thank you guys. What a lap. What a lap says Wayne Taylor to his driver yeah. Philippe Albuquerque and he's not wrong there Jeremy Wayne Taylor's seen some things in his career and he knows he's not one to do I'll tell you that he's not one to uh, to dole out uh, praise without it being due is win. He was absolutely right there. That was a lap. It really was. And just his second pole position, the first one came uh, last year at uh, 
at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So a tremendous effort there by Philip Albuquerque. I mean, he just laid it down from the beginning there and an absolutely brilliant lap. Uh, uh, clearly the fastest lap of the week so far by fully four-tenths of a second. And that's a really well hard-earned pole position there for Albuquerque. And, uh, uh, you know, did, did uh, Bordeaux off their cost Alex Lynn the potential to go for that pole position? Possibly. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, the job was done there by Albuquerque and uh, very, very well uh, earned pole position. So, Shea Adam is waiting for two pole sitters. Uh, Stephen Thomas, by the way, held on to pole position in LMP2. Yeah. Uh, and that is a good run for Stephen. A 54-1 by about a tenth of a second, a little bit over a tenth of a second. He's going to take the pole position ahead of his PR1 Matheson Motorsport Patrick, uh, uh, teammate, Patrick Kelly. Do you want to have another look? At that, yeah, the back, the left rear wheel, it's all locked up. But as it hit the edge, the front edge of the curb, I think damage was done to that rear suspension. I'm, I'm not sure that he was getting that back anyway, oh, no, Jeremy. No, it wasn't. No. But certainly that tells you how hard he hit that leading edge of the curb. It doesn't, it doesn't blend into the edge of the trap there. It starts at 90 degrees, and he was a full tyres width off the asphalt at that point. Yeah, he was in trouble there from uh, from the moment he didn't turn into the corner. He just left his turn in a fraction too late and very, very costly for Bourdais. And he'll be, he'll be kicking himself for that. Uh, and uh, but, uh, but, yeah, what a lap that was. That, that was a really interesting session in LMP2, too, as you say, because Stephen Thomas did get the pole position uh, again, but only just from Patrick Kelly, who was on the pole here last time, uh, he drove the car. He's, got, he's had seven poles in his LMP2 career, has uh, Patrick Kelly. Uh, but a really good job by him. Also, hats off to, to Dwight Merriman. He was third in the class. He got ahead of Dennis Anderson into the third position in the class on that last lap. Dwight Merriman won this race last year for Euro Motorsport along with Ryan DL. He'll start third in LMP2. Yeah, I talked to Ryan yesterday. He was in very good form at the fan forum. In fact, all of our drivers were down there. Shea Adam is looking at some very happy scenes at the front <laughs> of the grid uh, down at uh, the penalty box. It's not as if Conningham and all that Acura haven't had pole positions before, but it seems they're really enjoying this one, Shea. It's true. And I mean, you'd think Wayne Taylor would be to getting pole positions after Ricky's gotten what 12 of them for the team before this is Philippe's second but Wayne is down here celebrating harder than just about anyone else he was sitting on the wall and yeah Philippe was fist pumping and screaming in the car and when he got out he stood on the side as if he'd won the race but Wayne has excitement over this pole position too this means a lot to the entire organization and Philippe is just one of those people that he doesn't hide his emotions well so when it's going bad you can tell but when it's going well it's just extra fun and for him to get another pole position especially at a track that hasn't exactly been the kindest to him. His best finish here is only fourth, and that's what happened last year. Now, he hasn't had that many opportunities to race here. Take that into account as well. But qualifying, that's a different thing. And he was helped with the red flag, but he'll take it at the end of the day. He's just uh, wrapping up now. Philippe, another pole position. Finally, my friend, Road America. Were you expecting this when you woke up this morning? No. Actually, I was a bit nervous, and... I think everyone was nervous because FP2, everyone was within, you know, two tenths in a two-minute slap track. So, and it's like 14 corners. So to make them perfect, we are literally talking about 100 uh, per lap on the corner, on the corner, for each corner, right? So I, I just went on and as I did T1 and the car hooked up so much, I was like, oh, this is the holy grail. I'm so happy with this. So let's try to put it together. So the first lap was already very decent. 
So I did a 9.3, which my best lap time until now was a 9.6. So the next lap, okay, a bit more because the grip was good. So I just pushed more on the limit and 8.9 was just, oh, I opened the radio and said, this got to be pull because it just felt amazing. So then we ran out of the strategy on fuel, so I had to put it in and the other guys were still putting on. So I just asked the guys, I don't know what position we are, but thanks a lot because you gave me the perfect car. I don't know if it's going to be pull or not, but you guys did your job. So thank you very much. So after all, it was a pull position. What's more important, actually getting the pole position or getting the 35 points and that little bit of a championship buffer that comes along with it? I think it's everything together. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> wins bring so many things together. It's good for the ego, it's points, and you know, it's good for your reputation, it's good for everything, even if we are talking about an endurance race, uh, especially with rain tomorrow. Obviously, starting from the lead in a monsoon race is where we are expecting so it might be a start under safety car uh it for sure helps but it will not dictate the win for sure but again points uh executing the job it's a bunch of things together congrats on paul philippe i'm so happy for you thank you very much what does that do to the points jeremy well in driver points here it's only a, a few points difference uh, that'll get a bit closer they come into this weekend uh, 56 points behind Oliver Jarvis and Tom Blomquist so uh, this uh, will get them 5 points of that deficit reduced but more critically in the Manufacturer Championship Acura and Tag Cadillac came in here absolutely tied on points so this will give a 3 point edge now to Acura with the just uh, you know this, this race and one more at Petit Le Mans remaining this season so that could be critical in the uh, in the uh, manufacturer championship for Stephen thomas pole position is not an alien concept but doing it again and especially with the threat of rain tomorrow does it take on a different level of importance yeah i think being out front uh with the rain coming is good then the dpis are going to leave us at the start so there'll probably be a little less spray going into turn one so i think pole is helpful yeah well congratulations on your fourth pole position and uh your proud dad is standing right there that's tristan nunez of course yeah it's great to have tristan nunez back with me and uh, he gave me some great coaching going into qualifying that really paid off in the carousel and between him and ross bentley uh, you know my regular coach i mean they really had me ready to go uh, tim and bobby did a great job on the car the car was hooked up i mean through turn one i was i was rocking <laughs> car really responded so it was really good congrats steven thanks so much He's having a great 2022, John. He certainly is, Jeremy. Yeah, and he, look, he's not been racing very long. He's only been racing for a couple of years. But uh, speaking to Ross Bentley last night, and Stephen Thomas takes this, takes this really seriously. Yes, he, does. he works harder than the vast majority of youngsters who are trying to make a career in the sport. He's not trying to make a career in the sport. He's just out there having fun. But he's doing a heck of a good job. He works super hard at it. He's on the sim a lot in preparation for all these races and paints full, makes full advantage of that there in qualifying. So it will be Konika Minolta Acura who will lead the, the cars around tomorrow for a green flag at 10.40 Central, that's local time uh, and we can't wait for that. It'll be Alex Lynn sitting alongside for Cadillac Racing. In P2, Power Matheson, Stephen Thomas got the pole position. LMP3, Malta Jakobsen for Sean Creech Motorsport. Jack Hawksworth took the pole in GTD Pro for Lexus RCF and for Vassa Sullivan and Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport in the BMW M4 GT4. An exciting session as a prelude to a great race tomorrow. Make sure you join us here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. 
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.